Hello, friends, kingdom builders, kingdom connectors, and everyone who is about the Father's business. Welcome to the ministry of Apostle Kenneth Fletcher and the Mind of Conception podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast to help us connect with the body of Christ and contribute to the growth and success of the kingdom of God. So let's join the teaching of the word right now. You'll be able to also, for you that uh, learn, know how to use a lot of technologies and everything like that, there's a thing called a podcast. And so again, I have a podcast called the Mind of Conception Podcast. And you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on Apple, and if you have an iPhone, you can push the little uh, iPhone podcast button on your iPhone and then put in Mind of Conception podcast and it'll come up all of the different teachings and everything that we do in order to encourage the body of Christ, right? So uh, we just wanted to get that out there because I'm going to say a lot of stuff here in this next hour, I guess, that's going to some, you know, some things you're going to be like, oh my, but it's, it's always word based, right? And spirit led. And why I say it that way, because sometimes as the body of believers in the body of Christ, sometimes we have gotten away from being word-based. And since we're away from being word-based, all kind of things happen in our lives, and we don't really have a foundation for it or how to deal with it. Just like I started off with John 10 and 10. The, Jesus himself said, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But in contrast, Jesus said, but I have come. That you might, and y'all know the word because I know Pastor Luke. But what did Jesus say? He said, I have come that you may have what? Life and that you may have it more abundantly. So there's a contrast between what the thief came to do and what Jesus came to do. So if things are not happening the way that we want them to happen, we got to make sure that we are focusing and, and putting the effort in the right place. Come on, God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is a redeemer. God is a provider. All of those things are, are true about who God is. So if I'm dealing with something that is not bringing my provision, if I'm dealing with something that is dealing with my health, that I'm not fully healthy, that's not God's design. Jesus has said, I come to give you life. So why am I going like this and why am I taking my time? It's because even I've, found, I've been preaching since 1993, long time. Glory to God. <laughs> just, I'll just say long time. And, and I found out that in the body of Christ, people are, 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 are blaming or putting the effort toward God that God says, I'm not the one that come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, if you be, if you be an evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Father give good things to them that ask him? So we have to get that straightened out. Now, I'm, I, you understand one thing about me? is again, uh, like I said, started preaching in 1990, uh, 93, and uh, been started several churches, right? Uh, did evangelistic crusades all over America, stuff like that, and then was pastoring for a while, and uh, pastored, Lord have mercy, but 16, 15, 16 years. And when God began to move me into the apostolic, I didn't know what an apostle was. Yeah, see, I'm telling you how God have to open your eyes up, right? It was 2013. I was in San Antonio, Texas, 
And the, the man of God prophesied and said, the Lord's going to begin to move you into the apostolic. And I, I didn't even know what that was. And I had to start researching biblically, work-based, what, what is the job or the mission of an apostle in the body of Christ. So that was a, a, a series of things. I, we don't have time to go through them all. But God began to deal with me, began to open my eyes up about a lot of stuff. And then when God began to deal with me that I would no longer actually pastor a church, a specific congregation, I was really outdone then. Because I figured that if you're in the ministry, you have to be a pastor. And God began to teach me, man of God, and he began to say, no, there are apostles that will pastor. But there are also apostles that will not pastor churches. So he had the, oh, everything word-based. He took me back to the scripture. He said, look at the original 12, the apostles of the Lamb, those original ones, right? There's never be, there'll never be another apostle of the Lamb. Why? Because the only apostles of the Lamb are the ones that walk with Jesus. And nobody, not even Paul, was not the apostle of the Lamb. He was a next generation apostle. So God has them. He has them generation after generation after generation. So, but anyway, long story short, amen, Peter, James, John, all of the original runs, right? But in Jerusalem, even though James was an apostle, James was the pastor at the church of Jerusalem. They never called Peter the pastor in the church of Jerusalem. Only James. So what am I saying? I'm building a foundation here. And so, long story short, and so we can get into the word. Long story short, when God began to deal with me on that, I called my, uh, my spiritual father, and I'm like, God is telling me that, you know, I'm not going to be pastoring anymore. And, I said, and I'm, I'm struggling with this thing, man. Can I just tell you, I struggled with it for about six months. And I'm like, God, what are you saying? He, I said, I've never seen this like this before in my own uh, 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 experience. And I was, I was sharing with him what God was sharing with me. And he said, no, he said, you got to understand. He says, God wants to use you, but he's not going to use you in the same capacity that you have been used before. That's why, again, I don't have to have to be validated by uh, uh, by uh, ministry uh, uh, opportunities. See, because the validation comes through the relationship with Jesus. Can we say amen right there? So long story short, I just want to get that out of the way because that's why I know that if you, if you partake in what has been uh, set there for you, you will grow spiritually. Why? Because as Paul said, he said his, he has been given an apostolic anointing to turn people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they might have an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith in Christ Jesus, right? And so again, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to, it's like, man, I never realized that before. I've never seen that before. And it doesn't make me anybody special. It's about the anointing that God puts on your life in order for people to get their inheritance that which God has given to them. So again, I'm just a mouthpiece or a messenger to let you know what God has already done for you. And folks, I didn't die for you. I didn't go to the cross for you. Amen. I didn't shed no blood for you. But I'm just a messenger to let you know what Jesus has done for you is your portion and you don't have to settle for less. Come on, say amen right there. That's your portion. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care if you go to Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Foursquare, Lateran, White Horse Rider, Hickory Nut, Shader Grove. It don't make a difference. You got to understand 
Slow down, friend. You got to understand what your portion is in the kingdom of God. You call yourself whatever. But your portion in the kingdom is based upon your relationship with Jesus and what he has reserved for you in heaven. And when I say our inheritance reserved in heaven, I don't mean that it's in heaven when you get over into heaven, but I'm saying in the heavenly realm, there's an inheritance reserved for you that when you walk by faith and tap into it by faith, you can live in it every day of your life. Somebody say amen. Lord have mercy. Glory to God. So, 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 I, I want to share these things with you so that you can realize that in order for you and I to walk in that inheritance, there's going to have to be a lot of change. Look at somebody say, it's time for a change. And that is one of the biggest things that we all struggle with, is change. Now, one thing about it, loved one, God is not changing. So the one that has to do all the changing is you and I. God cannot change. He cannot lie. Even if he wanted to tell a lie, when it came out of his mouth, it'd be the truth. But you don't want to tell a lie. I'm just making a point because the Bible didn't say that God won't lie, but it says that he can't lie. So everything that comes out of God's mouth is truth. And I know that people have said in the past that the truth hurts. Have y'all ever heard that? Come on, let's see here. Let's see here. You ever heard that? Well, the reality is, actually, the truth don't hurt. Because the truth makes you free. Well, then what is it then, preacher? What is it? What hurts is what the truth comes to cut away. Because when the truth comes, it's cutting the lie that I've, that I've held on to. You know, the lie that it's okay for me to be like this. And that's why when somebody tells the truth, it feels like it hurts. But it's not the truth itself that hurts. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall hurt you. Now, ain't what he said. He said, if you know the truth, you continue in my word. Are we Y'all still okay with me? Because I, if I get going, I'll be quoting so many scriptures. Y'all be like, man, he ain't even looking at the Bible, but I'm just quoting it and quoting it and quoting it, right? But he said, if you, he said unto those disciples in John 8 32, to those disciples that believed in him, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Freedom is liberty. Liberty from what? Everything the enemy comes to do, which is to steal, kill, and to destroy. Folks, it is not, a, it is not the portion of a believer to just continually be in a perpetual state of struggle. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't slow yourself down, preacher. Glory to God. Come on, rain it in. Because some kind of way, even as Christian folk, we have allowed the world and society to put us into a mode that, you know, we're just supposed to be struggling. And we're just supposed to have hard times. And we're supposed to oppress our way anyway, which is an understandable thing. But the reality that Jesus told me, I want to get, amen, a little bit of fight down on the inside because he said to me, Sister Loretta, that nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
So if I if I receive the word, don't don't do that. Don't don't hit it. Just just wait till I tell you it's okay. Because <laughs> I can already feel a push here. But if I receive the word, when the word told me that I know I'm gonna have trials, the word told me that I'm gonna have tribulation. The word told me that think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing had happened to you. But also the word said to me that in all these things, you are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. So, and you don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> so I'm saying to you that you gotta set your mind in a position that my portion of what Jesus died and suffered for and was crucified for and was tortured for, I need to get a backbone and stand up and fight for what he died for me for. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Can you say amen right there? Amen. Hallelujah. So my job is to help to turn you from darkness to light. Right? That's, that's, a, that's what the apostolic anointing does. It helps you to see stuff in a different way that perhaps you haven't seen it. That does not nullify the pastor. That does not nullify the prophet. That does not nullify the evangelist or the teacher. Right? Because they are all part of the five-fold ministry. And those five, that five-fold ministry gift was called the gifts of the Lord, right? He ascended on high and gave gifts unto men. So what God has been doing with me and some of my other brethren, and we've been realizing, well, listen, we got to let pastors know that, that we're not here to take over. We're not here to, to usurp authority. No, no, because the gift even of the pastor is a gift that Jesus gave to the church. So how can the gift that he gave to the church be lesser than the other gift that he gave to the church. So he has given gifts unto men. He says again, a glory to God. He said he ascended on high and he gave gifts unto men, right? The, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of, to the, of the faith and to the stature of a perfect man, to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Now, if he did that, why do we begin to look at other gifts as lesser than other gifts? No, they're just different assignments. There's different administration. But everybody has a role to play. So what God has been doing is he's been raising people up to teach these kind of things. So that way the pastor doesn't have to ever feel threatened when someone with an apostolic anointing comes because they're not, it's not their job to pastor at that congregation. I know we've had some folks, oh, amen, glory to God, my bad. I know we've had folks in the past that stood up and said, you know, I'm an apostle, you got to listen to everything I say. That, that, that's, go on with that. <laughs> that's the best way I can say it. Because it's not your part to shepherd those people. It's the pastor's job to shepherd them. It's your job to help lay foundation, 
to encourage the pastor, to strengthen them. Glory to God. To give them, help them what they need. Glory to God. Paul said the children should not lay up for the parent, but the parents should lay up for the children. See, now, now can I just hit this one more time and I'm going to move on because I've been doing this for a while and listen, when I go places, glory to God, I try to bless, right? I'm not asking the churches under me, keep giving to me, keep giving to me. No, I'm giving to them because the child ain't supposed to take care of the parent. The parent is supposed to take care of the children. Somebody say amen. Y'all didn't got a little quiet on me right there. Now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what has happened. I didn't got on Facebook because I don't want to know. Someone said, oh, he was preaching that because I don't know. I don't know nothing. If you don't text me, I don't know what's going on. Somebody say, say amen. Come on, come on. The Holy Ghost don't need Facebook to know what's in somebody's spirit. Shataye. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that right? All right. So, so I, yeah, I done lost my thought. Now I don't know where I was at. But anyway, so what am I saying? I'm saying your portion belongs to you, but it's going to take a change. Folks, you can't operate the same, same level of seeking God, same level of word, word based, same level of, of, of activity and expect things to change and transform. You know, the devil is smarter than that. And he's a deceiver and he is, again, a manipulator. So he don't care nothing about you coming to church. In fact, he said, go to church. Amen. That's awesome. As long as you keep going to church and you don't really get in your word, you never read the word, you don't meditate on the word, you don't really pray and seek the face of God. The devil like, yes, go to church so that you can feel, amen, uh, your conscience can be soothed and you can feel justified, but there's no change, you know, transformation taking place in your life. Say amen. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Glory to God. Not yet. But here's the thing what I'm saying. Glory to God. See, when you get a love for the word, I think somebody, one of the pastors here, I heard him read the scripture that said, you know, they, 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 they love the law of God, right? And they love the delight in his word. Praise God. See, you understand, glory to God, the more you eat the word, the more the word transforms you. And you can't just eat the word on Sunday day, on Sunday, and on Wednesday sometimes, and sometimes it's just on Sunday, and it's glory to God. So let me put it like this. Amen. Hallelujah. What if you can only eat natural food as much as you eat spiritual food. So the only time you can eat natural food is when you read your Bible. Boy, we would be, we would be looking like stick figures up in here. <laughs> Some of us, we would like, we be skinny as I don't know what. So what am I saying? I'm trying to tell you people of God that men, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out the mouth of God. And folks, if you haven't understood by now that all kind of demons and hellhounds have been released onto the earth, glory to God, you can't walk around, amen, looking like Pee Wee Herman in your spirit, malnutrition, y'all help me here, don't, don't go here, don't push me yet, I can feel that push coming. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I'm talking about spiritually now. I mean, I mean, got no, no time with God, no meditating in the word, no feeding on the word, and then you step out your house on Monday morning and all kind of demons is running rampant. Glory to God, all kind of lust demons, amen, all kind of, amen, suicide demons, all kind of, amen, glory to God, familiar spirits. Come on here, say amen, somebody. I'm talking about all kind of stuff, glory to God. I'm, I'm talking about young people, young men and young women. They don't know whether they want to be a man, woman, girl, girl, sister, cousin, brother. They can't even understand what's going on. You got to have a power that's on the inside of you. 
part of my job is to preach that to the church. Quit playing with this thing. Because the devil is out for keeps, huh? He, come, he don't come to just put you in bondage. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to snuff you out. Hallelujah. <laughs> he, amen. But he knows that there's one thing that he can't handle. And that's the truth. Because that Bible, that word in your heart and in your mouth is a sword of the spirit. And I'm not saying we, all of us are tempted. I told you earlier, he, Jesus said, be, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. T-R-I, tribulation. Three times the trouble. Try means tribute. That's why I say tribulation means three times the trouble. But he said, but wait a minute now. Be of good cheer. Because right. I have overcome the world. Right. Even though you're going to go through trouble, if you hold on, come on somebody, to God's unchanging hand. <laughs> you'll, you'll get through every trial. And not only will you get through it, but you'll get through it with victory. Yes. Somebody give God some praise right there. So somebody say, change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Right, because you got to get your, I got to get my portion. See, and what many people in the body of Christ don't understand is this, is that, again, uh, we are connected whether we want to be or not. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. Listen, we're many members, but we are one body, and the Bible says that we are members one of another. So if you are struggling, or if I am struggling, right, I can't help you. I can't bless you. If I'm just going down and the enemy's riding my back, glory to God, like, amen, a taxi cab, and everything's going on, and I, I'm, I'm just beat down, I, I can't do anything for you. I can't help you, and glory to God, I need somebody to be able to help me. So that's why it's important for every believer to say, listen here, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not going to sit around and wait for somebody else to get it done, but I'm going to get in the presence of God and say, God, if you give me power, I'll be, again, I heard somebody say it earlier, I'll be a real soldier on the battlefield for the Lord. And I'm not just talking about singing. I'm about to take that sword of the spirit in my hand, and I'm giving it to work the monkey over. Say amen. I'm going to what I'm saying. I'm giving it to the devil inside his head. Not with my power, but with the word of God. Say amen, somebody. Ah, yeah. So there's no love lost <laughs> for the enemy. But see, that the first, the first enemy that I have to defeat is my own thinking. See, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. You cannot beat the enemy with carnal thinking. You can't do it. I can't do it. Let, I, let me... We can't not beat the enemy in carnal thinking. But we got to go up to a higher place. We got to go up to a level with God where we're moving by revelation and not just by observation. Whatever he says to you, do it. Don't make no sense. Don't, it don't even sound right. It just sounds crazy. Turn the, take some water and give it to the man. And when the man drink the water... Glory to God. The water was the best wine the man ever had. And the, the mother Mary said, whatever he says to you, 
And Jesus said, listen, get some water, put it in a little scooper thing, and go give it to the man. I know them servers was nervous as I don't know what was. They said, Lord, we about to get beat. Glory to God. We about to get our, we about to get our hands chopped off. We, we give it, take month of water to the governor. But, he, but what Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. So they obeyed. That's many times all you need to get a breakthrough on God is just obey. He, he didn't have you to have to figure it all out. So they went to do it. They took the thing to the governor and the governor said, Lord, this is the best wine I ever had. And nobody knew that it was just water when they took it out. So all I'm saying is that your victory is on the other side of your obedience. Wow, that's good. But you can't obey God with carnal thinking. That's right. Nobody can. Because as he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're what? Mighty through God. How? To the pulling down of what? Strongholds. What is he saying? Casting down arguments and every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So whatever God says is right. I don't care how you feel about it. God didn't ask you for your opinion. He didn't ask me. He, he don't care. Well, he didn't say, well, what do you think about this? God said, forgive him. Well, you know, Lord, you don't know how they did me. You know how? Hey, God didn't ask you for your opinion. And that's carnal thinking. I don't mean to make you laugh, but that's why people can't get a breakthrough. Why I can't get a breakthrough? Because you're still trying to do, obey God with natural thinking. And he didn't say it was going to be easy. He just said, whatever he says, do it. And whatever he says, he gives you the power to do it. When he just sees your obedience, because obedience is linked to your belief. If you believe that he's all-powerful, hallelujah. If you believe that he's all authority, glory to God. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Glory to God. He's the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right. There's nothing above him. There's nothing right. below him. Glory to God. Nothing can exist except by his word. Then whatever he says to you, you'll do it. Are y'all? Are we still here? Come on, clap your hands. Glory to God. Looks like I better read some of the Bible before y'all say I never, I never went to a scripture. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we act, we need to be changed. Right? And you got to pray. And, I, and I, I'll tell you, when the worship was going on, I was back in the study there. I'm telling you, the presence of God is here. Folks, and you got to begin to pray that and speak life. I don't care what you see. Glory to God. You, you begin to speak life. Don't let your mind get into a place where you're trying to reason with God. Glory to God. Say, no, Lord, we're not trying to reason with you. We are going to obey your word. Glory to God. And we're going to do whatever you tell us to do. Yeah. Glory to God. It may not make sense. When God, I knew, I knew it. At the end of 20, uh, 2020, right then when God was telling us to leave over there from the high school, I mean, I said, my God, this don't make no sense. I said, you got to help me. Let me leave. I'm just going to say that because I'm trying to help some of y'all. Right? It wasn't like that we didn't have the money to do it. We could have did whatever we, 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 you know, we had enough money. It wasn't a money thing. But God would say it's time to go. So God just don't make no sense. 
And let me just, can I tell you a quick testimony? For about a year and a half, I was constantly, you know, okay, we're going to try to get a building over here. We're going to go buy this property. And we was, and I was just going back and forth. And evangelism was with me the whole time. And I was back and forth. I would, I would be telling that woman, God, pray for me because I'm trying to hear what God is saying. And I'm, but in my mind, I need to go start another, start a church. Even some of the people in the congregation, well, I'm just waiting for Pastor Fletcher to start his church again. I said, well, you're going to be waiting forever. Because God says, I have a different plan. And whenever you obey God, life becomes so much sweeter. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. Amen. Let's go to the book of Philippians, chapter number three. And we'll, 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 we'll take off from here. Glory to God. Well, I'm not going to preach forever because, again, like I said, you know, I've realized that most of the time folks be listening and they be trying to take it in. And, you know, you didn't left them about halfway down the road, you know. And uh, I used to just preach and preach and preach for hours and hours. And God had to teach me over the years. He said, son, you saying all that stuff and you left. They, you didn't lost them about an hour and a half back. You didn't lost them. They, they didn't glazed over. They, they, and they saying amen because they, they appreciate it. But they like, huh? Somebody say amen. Y'all don't know nothing about that, right? You know, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I used to preach like that for hours. And they, yeah. And folks be like, they be like, amen. Amen. Whew. Amen. Glory to God. You know, anybody ever been in a place like I've been in that place like that when somebody else was preaching? I mean, they're preaching to my God. They didn't preach it for an hour and a half. Preaching like a madman. Glory to God. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking like, my God, man. We ain't going to heaven today. <laughs> Somebody say amen. <laughs> amen, but it's all good, folks. And so I really, again, one more last time, I appreciate Pastor Lucas for recognizing the anointing, right? Uh, 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 again, I know I've shared, I've talked with Apostle Percy a couple of times. I actually need to get back with him again. But again, I love that, that anointing, right? Because it's, it's not, it's, it's just based upon your assignment. So don't try to walk in another man's light. Glory to God. Just be faithful where you are because God will give you the grace to do what you got to do in the season that you have to do it. Sometimes me and my wife have a conversation and we look in the back and we see how the grace of God, we was like, how are we even doing that in that season? Because we look back at it now and we're like, my God, how did we even accomplish that? And we understand that God gives you grace. To do what you have to do right. in the season that you have to do it. Right. Once you get out of that season, the grace is gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you are trying to do something in God or for God that you don't have the grace to do, it's just going to produce frustration. And the enemy's a deceiver because he'll tell you, don't give up. Keep on going. You can press through this. But wait a minute. You got to get a word from God. And then whatever he says, do it. All right. Are y'all with me here? Praise God. Thank you, Sister Lorena. Glory to God. And so Philippians chapter number three. 
And uh, we're not going to read all of this, but I'm just going to read. I'm going to start at verse 8 for the continuity of Scripture so you can get an idea of what I'm trying to share with you all tonight. Amen. And then we'll shake ah, glory to God. Then we'll let the Holy Ghost minister. Is that all right? Can we let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost do? Glory to God. Amen. Because uh, someone may need some encouragement tonight. Amen. amen. Somebody may need a, amen, glory to God, a refresher. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. If Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 8. Glory to God. He says, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss, come on, of what? All things. Uh -huh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's keep going here. That I may know him. Give me you, right? That I may know him. That, that's what it's all about. Now, this is the writing of the Apostle Paul. And some people may think, you know, well, Paul, you want to be doing the revivals and the evangelism, you know, evangelizing the whole earth. And, but Paul said, all of that's wonderful. He said, but really, my mission is to know him. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. And that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death if by any means I may obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's just skip down. I mean, all of this is good, but for the sake of time and just the continuity of what I want to get to. Again, verse 14, many of you know this. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, uh, amen. Praise God. So that is something that I wanted to bring out. Glory to God. And now let's go down here to verse number 20. Verse number 20. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, <laughs> that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Somebody say, I need a change. And so that's what I want to just share with you for the next five, ten minutes now. And I know I said a lot already. I said, you just now starting to preach what you came to preach. But we got to let God work, right? So now, but listen, he says again, first of all, everything that you could ever pursue in this earth, in the carnal and in the natural, I don't care if you become the president, the richest man, woman that ever lived. He said it cannot compare to the excellency of knowing Jesus Christ. This man, Paul, was a very highly educated, highly respected man who was, I mean, among his people, he was on the fast track, if you will, to stardom, right? He was on the fast track to the top. 
But then he had an encounter with Jesus. And whenever you have a true encounter with Jesus, everything is about to be transformed in your life. Glory to God. I'm not talking about you just be a little bit better now. I'm talking about there's a metamorphosis. That means that there's, again, a metabolic change and transformation that takes place in the spirit of your mind that you are not even the same man or woman that you used to be before. And God said it this way. Glory, you can go ahead if you want to now. God said it this way. Glory to God. He said, again, he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed in the Greek for you scholars is the word metamorphosis. It means that the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, and glory to God, when it goes into the cocoon, it actually goes through a metabolic change. It transforms from one creature to a different creature. So when God is saying, I don't want you to just come to church and be better. I want you to understand that I'm trying to transform you. Trying to make you into something that you never were before. You are now, a, you used to be a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. You used to be a liar, but now you're a lover of truth. Glory to God. You used to be out there in the street, but now you're holy. Say amen, somebody. You used to be doing this and that. You used to be a thief and a bit of stealer, but now, glory to God, you're an honest man that's going to do all things honestly before the Lord. Can you say amen today? Somebody say change. Somebody shout change me, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. That's a metamorphosis. He said, listen, what you used to be, you're not that anymore. Don't even, don't even let that word come out of my mouth. Don't even let that word come out your mouth. That word will come out your mouth and say, I've always been kind of mean, right? I've always been kind of angry. I've always been kind of Ah, yeah, but you're supposed to be born again. So your quick temper got to go. Glory to God. The mean streak got to go. Glory to God. Moses was a murderer. He killed a man. And they tried to bury him in the sand. But when he got encountered with Jehovah God, the man that was murdered, folks, became one of the meekest men on the face of the earth. Why? Whenever you have his word. We pray that you were blessed by the teaching on our podcast today. Please join us for online fellowship in our personal Zoom room. The access code is 931-432-8488. And the password is the number two. God bless you. We love you and hope to connect with you soon. Until then, continue to be about the Father's business.